infinite ammo. So, okay. uh, being late, so we get to laugh at him severely for being late to the podcast. But, uh, what's up, people? This is the Infinite Ammo Syndicate, and we're doing a uh, discussion on boss battles. Uh, so my name is Renegade Operative, and I wanted to introduce the panel really quickly. So we will start with Andre. Uh, what's up, everyone? How are y'all doing? Um, can't wait to talk about boss fights with you guys. Uh, next up is Zenjiva. It's Zenjiva. Jiva. Okay. Hi, Key. Zen is my character. You you know from Monster Hunter. One one thing you have to know is that I do suck at pronouncing names, so forgive me. <laughs> also, hey guys. Only oh, one minute late. Oh. Hey, look, you, you know, um, I, I planned my day around this show. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, since you're here, Bane, introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Bane. Um, I usually have decent opinions on video games, and uh, yeah. All right. Next, mm-hmm. next up is Drillbit. Yeah. Oh, hi. It's me, Drillman. <laughs> I almost thought yeah. you forgot your introduction for a minute. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You might want. I went blank for a second. Wasn't <laughs> expecting to go so soon, but yeah. Um, let's hope to talk about some boss battles today. Next up is Faker Hex. Hey guys, you can just call me Hex. You know it's easier. And yeah, I can't wait to talk about boss battles as well. And I think I think that's it. So we're gonna go to question number one. Uh, let me get out the document, Mr. Unprofessional here. Uh, let's start off this discussion with the obvious about boss battles. What core fundamentals is needed to make a boss battle memorable in your opinion? Um, hmm. let me think. Uh, I probably have to say story and challenge because like, um. Story mostly of how the boss like fits in the narrative. Like if they're like you know they have some connection to the main character. Challenging like if the boss you know is like it's you know like if it sort of puts tests your limits on the game. Like you know if it's like really hard boss for instance. That's what I have to say. Yeah, uh... I'd say it definitely have to be challenge and creativity because. Honestly, if I can beat a boss effortlessly, it's not going to be fun. I could just fight a regular enemy through the rest of the game oh, if yeah, that was the case. Definitely. But I'd say creativity is one of the biggest things because if I can beat a boss 10 different ways, it's automatically above everything else except maybe Dark Souls bosses because they have challenge down packed. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'd say a fundamental like knowledge of a design of the game has to be... like built into the boss battle essentially everything you learned should be a test uh, with the boss battle essentially everything you learned prior to that point it should be a test from that i also think uh the boss should uh make you kind of unlearn everything you know at that point about like the regular mechanics like it does something completely different that keeps you on your toes to the point where okay is doing some new shit that i actually have to learn i might die to this but this is a new interesting challenge to fight the boss with so i think uh subverting the expectations of the player is a great way to keep boss battles you know pumping all right mm-hmm. anyone else mm-hmm. Yeah, I can go, uh, so I kind of wrote this down, but to summarize, like, I think you all mentioned this before, but build-up is very good. I really like it when a boss fight is built up, like, since the beginning, you get introduced to the character, 
and then you get to finally meet him in like the last mission. But as um, Bane also said, uh, like utilizing all the mechanics of the gameplay that you've learned, you know, to like make a challenge and use that. That's also really good. And for me as well, bonus points is if there's actually like some sort of meaning or symbolism behind the fight. For example, in The Evil Within 2, uh, I believe like one of the boss fights is that you like meet some of the older enemies from the first game. And I really liked that boss fight because it was like the character challenging their past, basically. Mm-hmm. One thing I liked about uh, symbolism and boss fights is a lot of shit from Silent Hill, like actually meaning something to the yeah. characters, like pain or remorse. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Or the phallus in Silent Hill 3. Oh, God. Yes, that actually has real symbolism. My bad, Gerald, but I kind of like when you fight, um, when they have two playable characters and you fight one of those playable characters as the other character. I kind of like that because you're essentially like, you're fighting yourself, um, you're essentially like fighting yourself as the character you, like, you played, but it has like all the skills and abilities, like, you know, you unlock to like the story. Is that like near. Sense? Yeah, like, um, near Automata. Like, yeah, yeah, like, I say for example, like, uh, Kiryu. Like when you play Majima and Yakuza Kiwami, and after you, like, once you play as Majima and Zero, you kind of like get an idea what is like, you know, all the styles are. And when you fight him in Kiwami 1, you sort of like fight against those styles you played with in Zero, you know? I like the double ganger boss fights. It's like, it basically has all the same shit that you have, but sometimes it starts doing new things. I think this happened in the Ninja Gaiden 3, and also it happened in DMC 3 where you fight uh, Shadow Dante. Oh yeah, I remember that. I thought the doppelganger was in one, black, the black version. I think so as well, but I forget. It's been a long time since I played DMC 1. Yeah. You mean Ninja Gaiden 1? Oh, yeah, Ninja Gaiden 1 as well. Uh, you're talking about the uh, Fiend, Doppelganger Fiend, yeah. It's yeah. also in 3 as well. You get to fight Dante and in, in 4 as well. But as Wait, hang on. There's a, there's a, third, uh, a third game of the Ninja Gaiden series? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yes. yes, it is, unfortunately. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I know you're trying to forget it. I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Sorry. <laughs> just get Razor's Edge and uh, it's an experiment. It still sucks, but I mean, if you want to play something, then there you go. Uh, I have Razor's Edge in my catalog. I got it for free on Xbox. I got for free as well, but I'd still rather never play it. So we're going to move on to uh, question number two. So who wants to read that? Um, I guess I can read it. Good. What is your favorite and least favorite boss battle? Um, favorite one probably has to be Kuze from Yakuza Zero because if you have, most of like the first chapter is um, long story short, Kuze is this, like tough um Yakuza like he's basically part of the Yakuza where Kiryu is from and he spends most of the first chapter like beating the shit out of Kiryu and like trying to frame him for the murder and. He's in, um, Kira, I think the fight, um, sort of goes against him and, like, kicks his ass in a fight, and the rest of the game, he sort of becomes, like, Kiryu's rival, and his boss fights are just really fun, because it's sort of, like, 
it's sort of like as you fight him, you sort of start to get more respect for Kiryu as the story goes on. And plus, his um, battle theme is awesome. Like, if you haven't heard it, I'd say you should definitely check it out. As for least favorite, um, let me think. I'd say Core from Jack, too, because, I mean, Jack is a good game, but the final block, but Core's fight was terrible. Like, essentially, he's hung up on the ceiling and all these enemies against you and then once you do enough damage to him um he gets off like he gets all the sound starts chasing you like uh mr x declare redfield's booty essentially <laughs> yeah this boss was this boss was garbage i did not like it at all yeah that's Damn. that's on me but yeah that's what i have to say uh, let me see. I, I have mine's are gonna be really quickly. So, uh, favorite boss battle obviously is Virgil from DMC3. Loved it. I loved how he has all these differing attacks with Yamato. And if you try to sort of run up to him and think, oh, this is going to be easy, he blocks your attacks, ends you, bodies you. So I, I really enjoyed how those fights progressed over time as he also got new weapons as well, weapons that he steals from you in the game. So I thought that was a cool concept. As for worst boss battles, I'm not sure many people heard of this game I'm going to talk about, but there is a game called Monster Party on the NES. Uh, there is a room where you enter where it, it, it like appears that you're going to fight a giant spider and it turns out the motherfucker is just dead. So I'm like, that that's some nice build up for nothing, dude. Hey, what a twist. It's like, what a twist, he's dead. There's another game that does this as well. I think it is uh, Batman Arkham Origins, the electrocutioner, where he looks oh, fucking yeah. cool. He has these electric gauntlets and then you punch him one time and it's done. I was like, what was the point? He's <laughs> a jobber, basically. Pretty much. Yeah, damn. That's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... I, I understand they're supposed to be funny, but I, I don't get those as, like, boss battles. It makes no I mean, sense. I mean, they can kind of work if it's just, like... If it's, like, a tutorial, then it can kind of work, because, you know, it's, like... He's just there to teach you the game of you know, nothing else, and then you kick his ass and he just disappears. <laughs> oh yeah, but not like mid-game or anything. That's like super disappointing. Yeah, that's I really hate that. Like that's the worst. I uh I got uh, a good one and uh, a series of boss battles that I fucking hate, and it's gonna be a little controversial. Um, the one I love, um, Silent Hill 2's final boss. Without spoiling anything. Um, if, if you understand the plot of that game, the final boss is a lot more depressing. And then my least favorite boss battles, um, I, I, I've shit on God of War 2018 a lot. It's boss battles fucking suck. I'm sorry. There's no good boss battle in that game. Mm, at all. Yeah. That's a big old yeah. right there, buddy. <laughs> that, that whole, that whole game, I, I think is the worst God of War game. Okay, so I'll I'll play I'll play 
I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate. Uh, I did like the dragon. I thought the dragon was a cool spectacle battle, but them uh, constantly telegraphed too many attacks. It's true, but it looks cool to fight. And I did also like the first stage of fighting Balder, but everything else, like the trolls you and like everything, that too. Yeah, oh, no. the intros, the intros, fucking cool, Bane. I don't know what you're talking about. The intro yeah. is going to come up in uh, number six. I'll explain that in a bit, but. All right, but I get what you're saying about everything else. Like constant troll fights, is no variety there. It's it, it, you know how um, people used to post the fact that the werewolf fight in um, the Order 1886 was reused and yeah. it was also awful. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's the fucking troll fights in, in God of War 2018. They're awful, and I'm sorry. There's no defense for a good majority of that. I agree on that one. Yeah, I, I don't like seeing the same sub-boss over and over. Maybe, like, once <laughs> or twice, like, El Gigante from RE4, but that's it. Well, El Gigante was interesting and well-designed. Yeah, it, you, you have a point. It was interesting. You have a point. Well, the trolls looked like somebody beat them over the head and oh, fucking here we go. formed their face before they <laughs> sent them out to battle. I'm sorry, they're ugly as sin. Damn. Well, except when you gotta fight two at once. I mean, if you want to oh. be technical, El Gigante is ugly too, so... Well, he's ugly, but ugly in a way that makes sense. See, and not the, just... It is a horror game, true. you know? Well, yeah, I mean, and it's not just a graphic design is my passion kind of thing with God of War. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. See, El Gigante was trash up until you fight the two of them because then you can drop one in the lava. And then when you get too close to the lava, he just he just fucking grips on you. Oh, and puts you into the lava. oh that the part, that part was awesome because I was not expecting it standing near the edges. And then I'm like, oh, shit, that happened. I got one shot it. Yeah, it's really intense. Basically, what we're saying is El Gigante is one of the better bosses as well. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah true. Uh, as for my favorite bosses, I think my favorite boss is more likely than not uh, the end from MGS3. I'm going to be sucking the dick of MGS and uh, Dark Souls throughout this entire podcast. I'm just going to let you know that right now. Uh, the end. Best boss fight ever made because uh, Kojima is gone. <laughs> I just like oh. how many, like, there's so many ways you can mess with the boss. You can just fight him normally in like a sniper duel and then you can sneak up on him to get his camo and. That's another way to defeat him. You just sneak up on him and, you know, blast him in the back of the head with an AK if you're a uh, lame. Uh, or, oh, oh, no, that's not even the lame one. The even lamer one is when you set the clock a week forward after you save and he just dies of old age. That is the lamest, like, way to finish a boss fight, but it's actually the most useful because it, that's a long boss fight. And if you don't feel like, like fighting him again, you can skip him. Actually, no. no. Even before that, when you go to that one base where it's like there's a bunch of water in front of it in the like the piers and boats and everything. Yeah, you, you can snipe them out. Him. Yeah, I yeah. I did that like every playthrough after the first one. Was or like, you could just you change the <laughs> clock and or you could just change the clock and then wait for him to die of old age. Yeah, that he, one was mentioned. just said that drill. <laughs> and once you like kill them, um, they'll just send the onslaught unit after you, which makes it really easy because you can pretty much bypass all of them. <laughs> Yeah, Stop just sneak past him. Yeah. Um, really quick, I want to give one shout out to Death Stranding. I haven't finished it, but the uh, first boss battle at the end of Chapter Two is fucking intense. I I just want to bring that up as a special okay. mention. Don't spoil it. I would like to uh, no spoilers, please. Play that game for um, right. free. I, I will Amazon not spoil it. 
Amazon um, Delivery is... Boy Simulator. The game is wonderful. <laughs> and oh. if, if I'm being honest, it's one of the best games this year. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people will fight you on that I one. That one well, there are a lot of great games this year. There, there are a lot of great games, and it's up there with a lot of the great games. I, I, I mean it. I think it's pretty good so far. I'm about halfway through, and I, I need to finish it. I'm gonna be the resident. I don't know about that one, Chief. After RE2 and DMC5. God, it's <laughs> it's with those. Iceborne for me though. Uh, probably. I'd say probably Judgment too. Judgment was really good. I Mind it. you, I've I've liked a lot of games this year. Um, I I got shit for saying I liked Gears Five, but I like Gears Five as well. I I, I will say this. I I I don't think the sentiment. Of, we can all agree. I don't think the sentiment of like 2019 not having any great games is true at all. Unless you are unless you only play AAA games on PlayStation, Whoa. I guess. Yeah. Even well, yeah. Uh, Sony's exclusive base was Death Stranding, and then Days Gone. <laughs> that was it. Well, like hmm, Bane loves yeah. Days Gone, so I don't know what you're talking about there. I I would rather, and I'm going to say this very nicely. I'd rather start a shotgun tasting factory than play Days Gone for one more minute in my life. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Damn. Damn. Okay, but well, I'm, I'm gone slander. But yeah, I I don't think I got the same. I favorite boss battle and least favorite. Oh sure. But yeah, I did that. Probably right. the best. Probably the best one for me. I don't know. That's tough. Hmm. If you need time to think about it, uh, Faker can go, and then you can go last. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Down. All right. Well, then I'll go. So uh, basically. Uh, Senator Armstrong, <laughs> it, he was legit the most coolest boss fight from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, in my opinion. Like, the build up, everything perfect, and the music as well, just, it's, it's just, it was so intense, it's so fun. I spent two hours trying to defeat him, because he was actually hard, too. Um, yeah. I just like but, the fact that he's like, he's like a prediction of Donald Trump high key. Yep. Yeah, yeah, basically. I love Hell the yeah. fucking speech. He's like, like good old days before 9 11. The fuck, <laughs> like that. fuck the media. Fuck all of it. <laughs> Don't fuck with this senator. <laughs> it's like, he's so cool, dude. Oh, yeah, 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 basically. Play called ball, you know. You can't hurt yeah. me, Jack. Yeah, some cushy league guy in school, and then he throws right up in the air and pumps him like a football. He pumps him like a football. It's so fucking cool. It's just this funny. guy is so likable, honestly. But yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's awesome. Like, like I actually didn't expect him to be the final boss. That's the funny thing. Like, I thought he was just gonna be there for the sake of you know being there, but he actually really surprised a lot of people. He looks like a gen, you know, like a like a generic businessman, you know. But then you, ex but then he becomes the final boss, and he's so badass. Hmm. He reminds me of a Tokyo from Yu Yu Hakusho when he's like all beefed up and shit. <laughs> also, um, do you have any like worse bosses in your mind? Yeah. Um. Least favorite was Alduin from Skyrim, basically. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, Skyrim fucking suck. Yeah. Yeah, all all this buildup, and then like it's the most lamest boss fight ever. It's easy peasy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That was like my least favorite. 
Oh, yeah, I, for, I forgot my least favorite. Uh, Ceaseless Discharge, Dark Souls 1. Fuck everything about that boss. Like, the hitboxes are absolute trash. Like, the fact that this man can hit me, like, he slams his arm and then hits me, like, five feet away. I'm like, all right, look here, buddy. That shit ain't cool. The hitboxes are trash. And then the only way to really beat him is to, like, bait him over to the edge and he jumps over a pit to try to get to you. And he just slap his arm a couple times and he falls off. I'm like, that is the lamest way to kill a boss because it's not even really a puzzle and it's it's possible without doing that but it's extremely hard and with those freaking hitboxes it's just like nah fuck that i'd rather just uh run away like a bitch and bait him you know hmm. oh uh, another good suggestion for games of awful bosses and everybody shits on the surge but uh lords of the fallen has just the worst boss battles in the uh, i heard that game was just like trash dude Okay, yeah. uh, I'm gonna be that guy. Uh, I kinda, uh, I kinda have a guilty pleasure for uh, the Lords of Fallen. You wouldn't be the first. Really? I heard some people say that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the boss fights are janky. Uh, In my opinion, I didn't like the Surge more. Dude, fuck that game. I couldn't stand it. Here, here's what I'll say about the Surge. The Surge has new ideas. I heard the sequel was better, but not the first one. I liked the ideas of the Surge had, especially the boss fights. Boss fights were kind of interesting in that game. I wouldn't call them good, wouldn't call them bad, but I'd say they're at least, like, something. Mm. I think the concept yeah. was interesting, though. Like, a sci-fi Dark Souls is it's a pretty cool new direction. I don't know. It just feels like everything's trying to just copy Dark Souls nowadays. Also, well, some, of them, yeah. some of them do it right. Drill, you gotta do your last one so we can move yeah, to the next question. Yeah, probably... I guess like the Lumen Sage fights from Bayonetta 2 are really cool. Mainly, yeah, yeah. they're oh, cool one-on-one yeah. -on -one fights. Good pick. Good pick. But yeah, they really—they're gonna need to up the ante for that for Bayonetta 3 whenever that happens. What about worst? Uh, that's a hard one because there's a lot of really bad ones. Uh, let's see. Go if the first one pops in your head. Hmm. Oh. Uh, probably, I didn't really. Oh yeah, I didn't really like that Doc Ock fight from the uh, the original Spider-Man. Mainly because you don't fight him, you just run away. Oh, you're oh, talking about yeah. the one where you have to press these switches, and then yes. after you after you do all of them, you just beat him up, and then the force field comes up, and then you have to do it again. Yeah, that fight is kind of lame. The other fights after that are better, like Carnage, for example. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was fun. I do agree with that. That fight could have been better. Uh, the one from Spider-Man 2, though. It's way it's better. It's way better than the one from the PS1, so I'll give it that. At least you're actually fighting Doc Ock, and he's actually a threat. I mean, it's high-key a horror boss fight because the amount of times you just... Like, you're you're trying to do your thing, and then just a random tentacle just, like, clocks you on the back of the head. I'm, that is the scariest thing when I was a child. Uh, now it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I thought actually, um, Doc Ock, so when he was chasing, you actually did scare the shit out of me as a kid. Oh, yeah. I, like, I'm talking about, like, the Doc Ock fight, like, way before that, when he's, like, human, but the one where he's actually chasing you, that scared the fuck out of me, dude. Seriously, just the voice and everything. Oh, oh yeah, when he's screeching at you. Yeah, that scared the complete bejesus out of me. Nightmare fuel right there. He's just reading, basically. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I can't do the cards, boys. <laughs> but uh, 
we're gonna move on to question number three so bane could you read that please Ah, so how do y'all feel about the concept of boss rushes, like a game being, being entirely built on the premise of fighting multiple bosses and not anything else? Uh, I'll answer this one really fast. It really, really depends on the game. I've played boss rush games where it's like, this shouldn't have been a fucking boss rush. But I've played some games where I'm like, huh, they should have like a boss rush mode or some shit. Uh, Devil May Cry 5, I think, would be perfect for a boss rush mode. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think like okay I, I didn't mind these concepts in like stuff like shadow of the colossus uh but I, I will agree it's not for every type of game because if you have no more substance like and you have like a giant hub world for example like what exactly are you supposed to do outside of just running to the boss getting to them fighting them and then it's over so it feels like there's no gameplay in between outside of that but it yeah. does work for certain characters or certain stories or certain video games. Um, as for me, well, it kind of depends on them because um, I know a lot of the old Mega Man games used to do like a shit ton. Like they always did boss rushes in like all the games, but even then it wasn't too much of a problem because it's like when you, I think once you fight the bosses again, you kind of get an idea what they're like and you know their weaknesses, so it becomes easy. Yeah, but that's that's like more oriented towards like the end of the game, whereas Mega Man games traditionally you have like a level that you have to go through before you fight the bosses. Oh yeah, that is true. I know, I know that Mario Kart Three did it, where um, I think you had to only fight. Uh, did you have to fight like I think three or four bosses before you can like one beat the level or? They they had the well three had the sort of Mega Man like boss rush at the end and it also uh, for Devil May Cry four you had to do the dice roll game and then you had to do boss fights at the end so it's just like oh for for that game I don't think it worked because it just got tedious after a certain point yeah like fighting them twice is fine like but because like second time when you're fighting them again in a rush it's it's fine because, like I said, it's just like it's taking everything you've learned so far and applying it to that boss. You know, like when you fight the boss the first time, it's more of like you're learning it, and second time, it's like you applied all the knowledge from the first encounter. That makes any sense. Well, I also want to say something regarding that. Uh, basically, uh, when it comes to boss rushes, well, it really depends because I haven't played a lot of games that have boss rush modes or anything like that. But the one that I did play was DMC4, and I personally mm -hmm. didn't like the boss rush in that, the, the dice level. It wasn't my favorite. Mm. I honestly, controversial opinion, probably just me who thinks this, but I really don't like games that are bit throughout boss rushes. Like like Fury, for example. That's not all boss, ru boss rushes, but for the most part, it's like mainly bosses, and I don't like that. I like to have everything else that comes with the game. You know, like, I think the only game where a boss rush mode would be cool is maybe Dark Souls. <laughs> Just because yeah. I like majority of the bosses, and I would love to fight them again without having to go through the entire game and then resetting to New Game Plus to be able to do it. With the exception of Dark Souls 2, because you can use the uh, bonfire aesthetic to fight them again. But other than Dark Souls 2, you can't really do that without going to New Game Plus, so... That's the only game where, like, being able to have a boss rush would be cool. But other than that, nah. Mm. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I agree. It's just like, oh, uh, do I have to really fight all these guys again? And then if you have that game where it's like, if you do like boss rush at the end and that boss is annoying, then you got to deal with it again. But I, I do like when you finally do learn all the patterns to the point where you can destroy them. But I just feel like they could have put something more interesting there, like a new enemy fight entirely or a new boss because it feels like you're just retreading the same thing. Yeah, I agree. Like, just, I'd say mix it up a little bit, you know, like, hell, maybe, I'd say maybe give them new attacks they never had before if that works. Make them I mean, new, my nigga. I'd say just have it an option. I know one of the No More Heroes games did it. Or I, you can just... I like the optional thing, like, uh, this happened for Metal Gear Solid 2 Substance. Like, you could do boss rush in that game, but it's not required or anything in the story. It's just like an optional side mode. Mm -hmm. So, is everyone good on this question before we move on to number four? Well, I had another thing to input. Go ahead. I know Castle. I know, like, the old Castlevania games made you go through all the bosses just to get to the final one, which was annoying. Because you had because you didn't have much because because you didn't have many checkpoints and if you lost all your lives you'd have to go back to the beginning. So yeah, they can, I don't like the ones that just pat out the runtime. Yeah, that's that's when I think is boss rushes are terrible in that regard. It's like no originality, uh, especially if you had to go back to the beginning of something. It's like I think we're past that sort of archaic game design. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But let's move on to number four. So I'm going to read this all. So how do you feel about the premise of sub bosses that may not necessarily have any buildup, but feels like a tough enemy? Hmm. Mm. I guess I'll start off with this because I got like probably the lamest answer because it's uh, 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 Dark Souls again. Uh, if it's done right, it can be good. Like Dark Souls 2 does it honestly to, in my opinion, wrong. It just feels like they just mob enemies at you like uh was it royal rat authority something like that Aurora Vat vanguard one of the two i don't remember it because i i blocked that out of my mind because it is like uh the holocaust to me but mm. uh, you just fight a bunch of rats and you just have to kill one with a mohawk like that that's not a tough enemy you might as well have just had that room in there without the boss fog like it shouldn't have been considered a boss so dark souls 2 does it wrong i think other game I mean, other Dark Souls games do it right. Well, it, well, it's not really like a boss boss, but it is a very tough enemy that they have in like a secluded area in the level. And if you defeat them, you'll get some good resources. Like it's completely optional. Those are good. But mm -hmm. when you're forced through it, like with Dark Souls 2, nah, it's kind of trash. Um, yeah. Have you actually played Bloodborne though? Uh, Yeah, I, I played Bloodborne. I played through it like one time. I'm currently playing through it, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I was just curious because you, you don't really mention that one often. Uh, it's probably because I I have very little memories with uh, Bloodborne because I played it right after Dark Souls three and then never picked it up again. I just thought it was like, eh, it's uh, Dark Souls, but it forces me to dodge, uh, and that was it. Now I'm playing. Uh, it was it was a great game. It's just I don't remember a lot from that game. Just for some reason, nothing stuck with me like it did with Dark Souls. Now that could be because Dark Souls three, I've beaten like uh, 20 different times uh and dark souls one and two i've only beaten once but for some reason those games stick out in my mind more than uh, bloodborne does i don't know maybe that's because it's like a 
kind of an offshoot to me and it just never really hit the same spot like Dark Souls 3 or even Sekiro. Sekiro really hit the spot. I love everything about that game. See, I I, I like Bloodborne, but I feel like the performance like tampers it a little. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those frame drops, man. But I mean, every, uh, most games suffer from that, to be honest. Like eventually, it's going to drop some frames, but true. Some but games it, are a little bit worse than others. Oh, it yeah, seems like Bloodborne always pulls it out for me. Like the moment I'm desperately in need of like not fucking up, suddenly like, oh hey, you're gonna drop about five frames here. Fuck you. It's like, oh shit. All right. Yeah, yeah people think five frames is nothing, but uh. In a game like Dark Souls, you need literally every frame that you can get. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, mm, as I, I think. With... Sorry. Hmm? You go on. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, it kind of really depends on the. Um, it kind of depends sometimes because I mean, I think some. I think usually sub bosses can be a good thing because it sort of teaches you on. Like, even if they're not, like, related to the story, they can still work from, like, a gameplay point of view because they at least kind of get you an idea of what the game's like. like. I think, for example, like, you guys remember the whole Vanguard from the All Night Cry 3? Like, you know, the first, I'd say, sort of bossy fight before you fight Cerberus. You mean the giant, like, I'd Grim say, Reaper enemy? Yeah, like, when you fight it, it's, it's sort of treated as a boss, but, like, it's funny because, like, um... After you beat it, and when you get to that cutscene where, like, you know, they introduce Virgil, and Virgil, like, cuts him down, cuts the enemy down, like, one slice, so it's, like, it took you a while to beat this hard boss, but Virgil just does it in, like, less than, like, a few seconds. It kind of shows that it's sort of, like, it's sort of, like, a teaser of what's to come, in a sense. Like, that enemy really wasn't too much of a problem, and I think when you fight it again, the fight's pretty, like, it's pretty easy, honestly. The, this yeah, is what I example. this this is what I said earlier. Like DMC uh, three in particular, it is the game that teaches you how to want to be stronger. Uh, so you see Virgil cutting shit down in like one hit, and you want to sort of have your skills attest to that. So that's that's one thing I like about that game. Uh, but as for the question itself, uh, I think sub bosses are great because it breaks up the monotony of regular enemies. Uh, so obviously you have like the sub boss and then you have to deal with him having new patterns and attacks. So that is one way to break up the gameplay just fine. Like have a stronger new enemy introduced that's not particularly a boss. And then you don't have to build him up or anything. You just, you could just put him there and you can just fight him and see how he functions. But don't over, don't overdo it. Like trolls and god of war constantly popping up time and time again it's like if you do it like that then it just gets old after a while like yeah like if you introduce them that's fine like you know introducing your enemy type is fine but like making a boss after like this like first time it's nah it's, it's too much yeah it's like i don't mind them popping up occasionally but just when they put it down your throat it's just fucking annoying also, Ben, I hear you typing, my good brother. Yeah, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, so anyone else uh, have any questions on this? Or can we move on to the well, next one? Well, uh, just wanted to, I just wanted to say my part in it a little bit. 
but uh, basically I do like sub bosses uh, but uh, sometimes it could be that some of these sub bosses can be more enjoyable than the final so it's like um, sometimes it, you you know it, it depends on how they handle it where it's like it's more of a you know a, a gradual kind of difficulty in each sub boss and then normal bosses that way mm-hmm that's all. Yeah, if they if they test your skill and they still serve a purpose while being different, then I totally don't mind them. I just don't I just don't like when the whole game is structured around that every level. But yeah. uh I guess we I guess we can move on to the next question. So that is number five. So what was your favorite and least favorite introduction to a boss fight? Uh, I'm gonna make mine really quickly. That's- Hmm. Um, actually, no, no, no. I have to think about this one. So, someone take my place. I, oh, I, I, I got, I got. Go. Uh, you, you uh, go. Okay. I was gonna say probably the fa- I guess my favorite introductions when you go, uh, you guess in God of War three when you fight Poseidon. I thought that was really cool, and then he turns into like a giant sea monster. That was probably the best fight in that game. Well, it's one of the best yeah. intro fights for sure. Next to the second game. This dude Bane is a wild God of War Three's bosses was lit. Well, except Helios, because he's lame. But well, they also telegraph their attacks so much. You're probably you know they probably call you on the phone and say, "Hey, this here." Hades was fine, in my opinion. Yeah, I like how you pull his soul out. Hades was really fun. Oh yeah, I I love the cemeteries. Like they're just so awesome. The boss, the most brutal boss. Well, what's the uh, uh, worst intro for you, Drill? Sorry. Probably those two. Probably those two nobodies from God of War 2018. <laughs> I mean, all you know is they're related to Odin, and then you just body one of them. Are you talking about uh, Thor's sons? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I didn't oh, like yeah, their intro was... too much. Was, uh... Really. They're just meant there to be fodder. <laughs> yeah. Well. It... Those fights are all pointless. It just—it's just a good example, though. Like any boss that comes the fuck out of nowhere and they have no impact, that's probably like the worst intro of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Speaking of no impact, uh, every boss from Metal Gear Solid Four, uh, the all the like the animal-based ones, like Crying Wolf and Screaming Mantis, uh. All of those were kind of the introductions were all kind of trash. I'm not gonna lie, they never stuck with me like anything from Metal Gear Solid 2 or 3. That might just be my personal opinion, but I'm weird like that. In terms of my favorite ones, uh, probably both Gale and uh, Artorius, uh, because they both just yeet a random dead body at you just for no reason. There's no reason for them to do that. They just why. But I just find that so funny for some reason that they just throw a random dead body at you and it doesn't even hurt you. It's just, I don't know if they're trying to be intimidating, uh, if they're just uh, littering. I have no fucking idea. But I always probably just, both. 
I would have. Uh, I, I have mine. I would have to say my favorite is when Nemesis shows up in RE3 because the first thing he does is he grabs your buddy and he impels well, him in the face Rad's with a tentacle. not really your buddy. He kind of left you to die. He's still a member of Stars and he still knows Jill. So technically he sucks, but she still knows him. So the first thing he does is grabs him and, you know, tentacle rapes him. Uh, <laughs> Let me yeah. see. As for awful uh, introductions for bosses, uh, I, I would have to go with the God of War one with the two twins that's like related to Odin. Like they just did nothing for me as soon as they showed up. Like absolutely nothing. Yeah, when you see them, I'm thinking, oh, they're probably gonna, one of them's probably gonna die. Mm. And then lo and behold, they do, and I'm like, I. That's another thing too. When bosses go out like bitches, I'm like, you know without yeah, even putting they, up a fight talking all tough yeah it's like you just got bodied by like a child my guy you gotta sit down <laughs> i i'll say the best introduction um but, but it's still really memorable i'm not gonna reuse uh silent hill 2 however um gears of war 2 when you face uh rom was it two or one it was one one ah Oh, uh, when you General first Rom. face Rom, yeah, holy shit. Doesn't he, like, gut one of your members? Yeah. I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. It was great. That's Isn't how you introduced dude, like, eight feet bag. tall or something? Yeah, I think eight foot six or something. Oh. Like, he's fucking massive. Really? Connect yeah. like, the worst one is Bison for Street Fighter V. <laughs> uh, the, the worst... The worst everything is Street Fighter Five. Damn. That's also, the worst uh, in the series. Also, isn't there a boss in isn't there a boss in Final Fantasy that like body drops a train or something? Uh, and that's one of the characters. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yes. And, and yeah, of course, that's why. But it happens. The, the the worst um the worst boss fight in terms of introduction. Out of um, the game I've shit on so far, uh, the Balder introduction. Oh my God! Way to make me I not fucking cool care about a character. Introduced. It's just everything uh, else that follows up is really lame. He he's he's written exactly like a first time writer would write somebody like that. That's the nicest thing I'll say about it. Damn. I'm. I'm I had to play really? Devil's Advocate. I think that was a great intro. It shows you mm -hmm. that uh, gods are fucking each other up. Kratos is out of his element. And I don't know. It's just the thing I don't like about it is just the lasting impact of having to fight this dude over and over again. And he has like the same attack patterns. Yeah. Uh, and and, I mean, he is fighting someone that's pretty much immortal. Yeah. Here's another thing also, really quick. Just uh, a mild tangent about uh, God of War 2018. Norse mythology is far more boring compared to Greek mythology. I'm sorry. I actually agree with this. Yeah, like, yeah, you don't get all the cool stuff like Hercules and the labors and also Zeus and all yeah. the other gods. It's just a lot more memorable characters. I mean, Norse mythology has its moments in the Speaking game, of but introductions. I really wish Hercules would have lasted a lot more because they entered because they say he's gonna do his thirteenth labor by killing Kratos, and he's voiced by Kevin Sorbo, but he gets his face cracked in by Kratos. <laughs> he got he got fucking yeah. destroyed, dude. 
Um, mine is but, but to be fair, it's probably uh, the most accurate he is to the actual story. Andre, you wanted to go next? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I got two of them. And one, well, I probably have to say, um, favorite is probably Fam's introduction to the first Devil May Cry. You know, I'm a simple man, but, um, I, um, I just played it and I fought Fam. I was like, what, what is this? It's like some giant, like, lava spider. And the fight sort of came out of nowhere, but what made me like it so much was, like, its design. I thought its voice was pretty creepy. And it's, I still like, love the intro, too. You mean like, the spider? Yeah, Phantom. Yeah, yeah, Phantom, Phantom. Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. DMC1. When Dante's, yeah. When Dante's yeah, like, something tells me Phantom was probably designed to be, like, an RE4 boss. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause, um, I mean, you can tell from game. like the aesthetic alone that it feels like it was supposed to be a Resident Evil game. Yeah, cause I love the I love the little uh, dialogue at the beginning of the fight when Dolly's like, "What a big surprise!" I hope for your sake you got something in that big body of yours. And Fam's like, "I'll step on you like an ant," and and you find like three times, and it's kind of funny is um you know how like Sam crashes through like the ceiling um. Of the cathedral when you're getting the the part of the lion, I think it was the part of the lion to do the puzzle. And when you find the third time outside, you actually find him over like, like you know when you begin the game, like when you go inside the way out to that door and you see like all, you know the giant statue of the horse. Yeah, you fight him on top of that with the glass. That's pretty yeah, cool. And then like after, yeah, and like when you beat him, he falls to the glass and gets impaled on the spear, and like, um. And then he, and the camera sort of zooms over to Dante and sort of shows like, you know, Sparta's um, DT in the back, like shows Sparta, like, you look at Dante for a second and then Sparta appears for like a split second and, and Fam's like, no way, you can't be, like, I don't remember, it's been a while since Sparta, yeah, he it, Oh yeah, that's when he notices that he's the son of Sparta. Yeah, basically, like, I love that, that was a pretty awesome play. Um, least fair introduction. Probably the Skyrim from NGS5, like, <sighs> the way they were introduced was just, I don't know, it was kind of dumb, because, you know how Snake has to go to Afghanistan and save Miller, and then there's sort of like the, the this fog mist appears, and they and they show up, and like, they chase Snake and Miller across Afghanistan, and you get away from them, Miller explains, like, the skull in it. And you encounter them multiple times in the game. I, I didn't like their introduction because it just felt, I don't know, this felt really random. Are, are, are the skulls bosses or sub-bosses? Uh, I think sub-bosses. sort of like, so, yeah, sub-bosses. They're not like sub-bosses of anything. <laughs> they're not really major bosses. Like, I can't really think of like any legit bad boss guy. I think the Skull's boss is kind of just kind of weird. It was like, they're just kind of there, and, they're really, and the boss against him is just, uh, it sucks. Isn't, isn't the only boss in MGS5, like, it's a holanthropist, and that's it? Like, isn't that the only major boss in the game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is, he's actually the best boss in the whole game, because he's actually kind of like, but, like, he's... Like, I wouldn't say he's as fun as, like, say, Milligan of X-Ray, but he's enjoyable for what he is, especially all the things he can do with, you know, how deep fan pain gameplay is. Yeah, I, I had to ask the question, were they actual boss fights, because you mostly just run away from those guys and that's it. 
Like, you're not encouraged to fight them at all. As soon as you try to fight them, you will get bodied because I, I think it's like you're not even supposed to engage with them at all. You can't really engage yeah. with them until you have, like, yeah. rockets. Yeah, that, that just yeah. seems so yeah, lame, to be honest. I yeah. think there's, like, one mission where you have to fight them. It's that code talker, and, like, you have to also fight at the same time, which is, like, a giant pain in the ass. And I was like, Ugh. Oh man, MGS Five. I mean, it, it is fun to play, but man, was it incomplete and in pars. It really annoyed me. <clears throat> uh, I'll say this: um, MGS Five had so much potential, and Konami butt fucked it to death. And um, Death Stranding is—it's nice seeing the movement and the combat and all that realized there. A lot of it is realized in Death Stranding. Yeah. And it actually has, you know, fucking plot to it, unlike MGS5. I will give it that one game yeah. finished, the other is not, which is a shame. But we have to move on to the yeah. next question, which is number six. Well, oh, unless Faker wants to me. go. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll be quick. Basically, what was it? Virgil from DMC5. I never got to fight Virgil in DMC3, but in DMC5, he made a very good impression on me. The what is it, Jack Baker from Resident Evil 7? Love that guy. His introduction was really cool. Least favorite uh, Ender Dragon from Minecraft. <laughs> I'll just go with that. Minecraft are bosses? Really? Ender Dragon is <laughs> like one of the bosses, then there's some other ones. Oh, yeah, I the Wither. I the Wither is like impossible to beat. I forgot to name another worst boss, um, the dragon fight from True Crime Streets of LA, where he's awful. A lot of projectiles what? just all over the place, you just have to shoot him, he's dead, awful. Uh, hold on, there's a there's a dragon in that game? It, it is, if you go in the strand of one of the bad endings, you will see there's an actual dragon fight. Because uh, I think there's this um, Chinese hermit that you eventually go into a shop and then you see all these weird hallucinations and shit. And one of them is a dragon. Now, see, I've only played uh, uh, True Crime New York. Uh, so now I really want to go back and hook up my PS2 and play that game again. Because uh, I wonder if I could get a dragon in that game, too. I, I don't think, uh, what is it, New York is as strange as LA. But I, I will say definitely play it if you're curious to try the first game out. Uh, but we're gonna move on to question number six. So who wants to read that? I can go read it. Good. Um. All right. Let me just open this up. Mm. Insert um, the Jeopardy theme here. Okay. What are some tropes that you like or dislike about boss fights? Well, uh, I guess I have to answer mm. this as well. So, basically, uh, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this. I think someone else can go first, really. Um, there's a few uh, examples I just... here. I, I just want to read these all real quick. Sorry to cut you off, Andre. Uh, it's okay. a couple that says, like, you know, multiple health bars or phases, shooting a weak point, uh, multiple layered boss fights, 
uh, where you have like more stages than you actually anticipated. Bosses doing one hit kills and bosses that re inputs in fighting games. Uh, it's a few of these I don't like, like getting your inputs read because the game is like fuck you in a fighting game it's like how am i supposed to actually learn and counter this guy if he's reading my controller inputs because the game was designed to eat quarters i don't like that uh same for one hit kills it's like fuck you i didn't like it in evil within one where there were some bosses that did that that's why i'm so happy that evil within 2 sort of took that out and it's like well you have to you might die against bosses but you have to go against them with your own skill and they don't do cheap one hit kill bullshit. uh I, i'm okay with bosses having multiple health bars that keeps the fight prolonged so that's fine with me same for like shooting a weak point as long as it's not too easy then i'm okay with bosses that have like weak points to them I think the worst mm. one, and this stems from my favorite game of all time, uh, Warframe. Uh, invincibility phases. That is the worst thing, but also the best thing about boss fights in that game. Because with if you if you like really sit down and play that game for like uh, like four years, like I have, uh, you will realize that the power creep is so drastic that if you go back and fight like early game bosses, you could literally one shot them with like the weakest pistol if you have the right abilities in the right setup on it like it's it's ridiculous but if like it's like if they don't have invincibility phases you one shot them with like a pump action shotgun and then you you leave the mission but if they do have invincibility phases you have boss fights like uh the orbs where they're just cancerous to fight because they they have these invincibility phases that are like baked into the boss fight mechanics and i hate that now if you have the right squad those invincibility phases aren't as bad but they're still uh, cancerous i can't stand uh not being able to just blast a boss like i'd rather them just be complete bullet sponges than for them to be invincible because it feels like my hits like literally don't matter it's like all right any other point in this boss fight this double barrel shotgun chunks the health bar but for some reason he gets this little little petty shield and he kneels down if you know what boss i'm talking about you're in brownie, brownie points gets his little petty shield around him while he's kneeling down and for some reason he takes no damage like that that is the strangest thing i actually have something in mind now uh if you guys don't mind Cut. Sure. well basic basically uh one thing that i both love and hate is uh quick time events in boss fights oh yeah oh yeah I think RE6 just has all of that. It's like, oh. Yeah. oh. Very true. We don't I, talk about the game. Resident Evil 6. talk about RE6, funny enough, but go on. Uh, RE6 is the worst game of that series. Holy yeah. shit. Um, but the thing, the thing, why, the reason why I both love it and hate it now is that DMC4 and also maybe DMC5, they both, with the Nero's, you know, arm ability, they do quick time events right. And also, you know, actually, we can also count uh, Dante's Royal Guard into this, how you have to time it perfectly, you know, to counter someone, mm-hmm. you know? That's when I think, like, the the quick time events thing is very, very useful, and it works perfectly. But other time, when it's, like, button mashing, like in Resident Evil 6 and stuff, or even in, like, Far Cry, where you just button mash a boss fight or something, it's, uh, it's just uh, really disappointing and boring. I, I, I like it because... 
it's i mean it's a little bit different it does sort of work like you know it's a grab you know if you land it you will enter a cutscene where nero is obviously beating someone's ass but it has the tendency to fail as well so you can't just spam it and that's one thing i like it's like there's a mechanic here you know how it works and there is a success rate whether you land it or not is up to how the ai reacts to you and i think that's one way to do it because it's still skill based and you're not like stuck in a cutscene forever mashing buttons doing wiggle sticks against all these bosses yeah man. Mm -hmm like like to, to me the quick time events get annoying when you have to press x to not die again and then you have to do this quick time event and then this button prompt fucking flashes up so fast and then if you don't like complete it at the same time you're gonna die and like one hit is bullshit yeah totally agree yeah resident evil 4 one. does that a lot with like the at least the waggle sticks in the in the dodging oh, yeah. i would argue is i would argue is worse than six because you're really mashing on that analog man it's it hurt me at one point i was like holy shit fair I, enough yeah i think for me uh i don't really like extremely long boss fights for like the um, you know like when they have like the giant damage spawns and it takes so much like the fight's not even hard, it's just really fucking tedious and long, like, um... Oh, you mean bosses like, uh, where it takes, like, ten years to kill them? Yeah, and I know I brought up, like, DMC so much, but I'd say Argo Sessions all my cards too, because, like... Actually, that fight, it took me almost, like... I think it's maybe close to an hour to beat, because... The thing is, the fight isn't even harder, because... If you really just find a spot and just spam guns, you can finally like destroy all parts of the body. And that's uh, that fight just went on super long and uh oh and also like boss fights that drag out too long, that's another one. Well that's kinda I'd say the same for like damage bungees, but you know I get you know what I mean and, and what um I think what you guys said about KTs, yeah KTs can I know if they're not like I mean if they're used like mid battle and you don't and you don't see them again that's fine but if they're used for like the entire fight and it just gets like come on man just, come, just go back to gameplay already. <laughs> I I know I didn't have a problem with boss fights having like one or two phases or maybe three that's fine but when you have like fucking ten phases it's like yeah. my nigga why. Why, why am I fighting this guy like for fucking ages? It seems like I, I think that there has to be a certain point. Like if he has beyond fucking five health bars, that's not a good boss fight. That's yeah, like, like tedium, I'm, max tedium. I don't mind like three health bars, but at least the, but it's like after you take off one, they change their tactics a bit. Like, like the, like the boss adapts to you, that's fine. Like as you like take its health down, like they get smarter. That's fine because at least you know it's saying, hey, you should change out your tactics because this boss is doing some new stuff. Yeah, that that's one thing that Sekiro does right, where like at least for most of the like main bosses, as you take their health bars down, they start having new attacks and they'll have stronger attacks. I mean, the only thing that sucks sometimes about like the Sekiro bosses that they're like. If you get grabbed, you're gonna die. Like there's there's with the main bosses, there is 
almost no way to survive a grab unless you have the like maximum amount of health if you don't have that you're you're done you're not <laughs> you're not surviving that it's the only thing that really sucks about the Sekiro bosses oh real real quick just real quick i want to bring up an honorable mention um i think a good way that boss fights are done is the mr freeze fight from arkham city where you do oh, yeah, you do like a pattern and he breaks your stuff or he breaks like the equipment in the room and you have to adapt and do something else i really enjoyed that a lot yeah that bot fight is actually mm -hmm. that's really awesome oh, yeah. I, I really fucking love that it showed that okay well i can't spam this attack anymore because this thing is broken or the floor grate is like broken so i can't hide so now i have to stay out in the open and adapt and i really love when bosses do that Mm -hmm. so what what number are we on now hold up i think we're on number seven uh how do you feel about boss battles where you have to discover different ways to kill them uh we're talking about puzzle bosses uh i'm gonna make mine short i liked it in shadow of the colossus i think it could be engaging i also liked it in metal gear rising where uh i forget his name sundowner he had the shield that you had to slash and you had to get around them and figure out how to not get hit by the explosive shield uh but other than that i mean as long as it's not tedious then i don't mind it i, I don't mind figuring out a boss before you defeat him yeah oh yeah uh, yeah i sort of got one it's um i'll make it quick but I'd say a good example of a puzzle boss is probably, well, actually this sort of ties into a story point of view, but, um, you know when you fight the two pyramid heads, uh, I'd say at the end of Silent Hill 2, and you, um, as you fight them, you can sort of keep shooting them, but here's the trick, though, they, they um, you can't really hurt them at all, they're sort of invincible, so, and so it's like you keep shooting and then it doesn't do anything so all you have to really do is survive until after like a while once you survive long enough they actually kill themselves and the reason they do it is andre hold that thought hold that oh because i i wanted to say that because you had to go so no i i also was gonna say that i agree with andre before it's yeah continue andre uh -huh. okay 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 but um they kill themselves because it's sort of like, um, it makes sense because James kind of accepts his guilt because remember he killed uh, Mary and he killed Eddie in the meat locker and it sort of symbolizes like how he's sort of getting over his guilt and they don't need to sort of like torture James anymore and interesting enough when you, when they die you get two eggs, one egg is like really, one fresh egg and one egg that's like really Rusty and just really old. Like Rusty old egg represents um, Mary, and the fresh egg represents A. Because like I say, he killed both of them, so it's like two murders. But yeah, that's one example of a puzzle ball. I I agree with him. Anyways, uh, I'm about to head out. Uh, I've been Bane. I'll see you guys later. Uh, take it easy. Bane, you're gonna Have plug your social media. I uh, uh, at FuzuYT on Twitter. Just follow me there. Anyways, I'm out. See you guys. See you, man. Take it easy, man. See you. See ya. All right. So, anyone else want to go on this question before we move on to number eight? I mean, I think I already kind of gave my answer in the beginning when I said I really liked uh, the end 
where it, it, it's not exactly a puzzle because you can defeat him like in a very like nonchalant like normal way like any other boss but at the same time it's a puzzle finding out where he is and like tracking him because you can track his like footprints with the thermal goggles and everything like that and where animals are and stuff like that and where the parrot is actually that's another way you can track him i do kind of like just having that option to have different ways to fight the boss and track him and defeat him you know yeah it gives you a lot of variety that that's why i like it so much as long as it's not annoying then i I totally don't mind it i'm all for it basically i think everyone has kind of said whatever i wanted to say it's just yeah it's a puzzle bosses are all right i guess um it could also depend on what kind of game it is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the thought of like a puzzle boss in a pu- puzzle boss in a DMC game, or like any hack and slash game. I don't know if that works. Or maybe. Well, I guess yeah. You did give the example, Ren, of that. What is it? Metal Gear Rising. Yeah, Armstrong so, has the explosive shield, and you have to find a way to get around it or destroy it. Yeah. So I guess I guess it could work in occasions, but um, I don't know. It, puzzle bosses fit fit more in like games like Shadow of the Colossus, but also what like Legend of Zelda and stuff like that. So it's, I don't know. Maybe it's the context. Uh, I can allow it as long as there's context in it. Yeah, I think if they have like mm-hmm. a weapon that seems really irritating and you have to get around it or break it somehow, then that would be one way to insert a puzzle boss in like a hack and slash or something yeah but uh we're gonna move on to number eight and this one is really easy so how do you feel about the player how do you feel the player should be rewarded after killing a boss uh honestly it's the Mega Man style man you gotta go with like as soon as you kill a boss you get like their weapons or upgrades and it really makes you feel like you've earned something visually as well as you can use it throughout the entire game I I really like that premise of uh earning a new weapon from a defeated like prolonged boss fight i agree that, yeah i definitely have to agree on that one um yeah yeah pretty much what Ren said because i know that kind of happens in uh like don't i cry like when you play like three four and five when Dante beats the bosses he gets like new weapons from them that's always cool yeah. i think the most fun yeah. thing is when you like fight those bosses again with the same weapon you got them from it's like it's uh, i always love that in games like when you use their uh weapons against them i like when they fuck with you too like sometimes sometimes uh the weapons can uh be immune towards the same boss you fight them with other times it won't so you're basically beating the shit out of the boss with their weapon (laughs) it's kind of funny (laughs) yeah i know it's great yeah I, yeah. I can also think of like giving the player a massive amount of resources like for example you, god fuck me dark souls uh you get a lot of souls for leveling up after you beat the boss so i mean i, I think that's a, a fair way to reward the player i like getting like very rare resources from a boss because it's neat especially if like for like warframe you can repeat the boss and they give you they more frequently give you the rare resource on that planet so you can if it's a easier boss or a quicker boss you can just go in and grind that boss and just get a shit ton of the rare resource now obviously most games aren't like that you can't just grind a fucking boss like you can on warframe because they just uh, uh canonically don't fucking die uh, but still i do like having just a big i be, defeat a boss i get the gratification from defeating this challenging enemy 
and then I get a boatload of resources that I can use for whatever I desire. Like it doesn't force you down any route with the resources they give you. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm yeah, like, along with taking your weapons, just give me your XP, give me your shit, motherfucker. I'll take it because that that's how I feel. It's all about giving back that sense of euphoria and pride and accomplishment. If you don't have that after a boss fight, then you are seriously slipping. Well, yeah. yeah. So I, I know Melgear. I kind of know Melgear Rising does it when when you like kill Sam and you get his uh, more massive blade and you use it to see Armstrong. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. That, that, that's like my favorite one. <laughs> well, I think everyone has mentioned like rewards, like physical rewards, but for me, I also like rewards that kind of like affect the world around you, especially in like RPG games. I'm gonna bring up Skyrim again, but basically, after you defeat Alduin, like, and you come back to the normal world, like, no one kind of says anything about it. It's like all normal. Like, you haven't changed anything, you know. Everyone treats you like, I don't know, some sort of outcast. Like, it would be cool if there was some dialogue going on, like, oh, my God, you defeated Alduin. Hey, like, something like that. I don't know. It just feels like it's. it would be nice if somehow defeating bosses also changes things around, like how people, like, you know, view you, basically. Uh, I guess you could... Yeah, I, I I know I know what you're talking about. Like I know there's a good example with Mega Man X. Like there are some bosses that if you defeat them early in certain stages, there might be changes because you defeated the boss. Like I believe there's one where uh, the power might be out because you defeated the boss or the power might be on or something like that. And then there's another one where an area is flooded that allows you to jump and get another item. So I do like the environmental elements to it. I think God of War also did this to a lesser extent with God of War 3, where if you killed a boss, then a plague to the world might happen and you see the effects on that world. Like if you kill Hades, all the souls from hell or whatever, they, they rise from Hades and they affect the land so it's pretty interesting to see stuff like that impacting the environment yeah I think oh, yeah, I, wanted, I wanted to mention another example of like a game I was playing recently which is Persona 5 and in that one like every kind of whenever you complete a palace and you kind of defeat their final boss you also kind of affect the world around it you get to see like the changes that you made how people view the phantom thieves and stuff I really like that aspect a lot so. Oh yeah, definitely. That's yeah. I think that's an example of like um, like what you do affects kind of. I kind of like when when you defeat a boss, it kind of affects the story. You know, like things do change. Yeah, yeah that's kind of like I, the best example right there, honestly. Yeah, it's. Uh, I really like that game a lot. All right, so I oh, guess man, it's. I guess we can move on to the final question here and that is what is required for a final boss to leave the most lasting impact compared to all the others um so a final boss in my opinion I feel like he needs to have that culmination of all the skills you've learned and you're going against that and he also has like a couple of new tricks under his sleeve as well uh so it could be like maybe a reoccurring boss going all out and and showing
drawing skills you've never really seen before. I know Sanctus in DMC4 kind of does this with his whirlwind attack where you never see it before until that fight where he has Sparta. So maybe they could introduce like a new weapon or something that the boss uses even you fought them before. Uh, you still will probably be like kind of confused how does this work etc. Uh, so I think that would be great for a final boss and just really making him difficult. I do think he needs to be a bit hard because if he's a pushover, then he doesn't really leave an impact, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I, I think I got a really quick one, but um, I probably... I think it sort of has to... Um, I'd say it has to work from, like, a story and a gameplay perspective because... um. I know one interesting example is probably like, like I said, you know, Virgil from Don't My Cry. It's like you fight Virgil a lot in DMC3 and, you know, you start to get used to his patterns. And I think when you like start playing, and you can play as him like three and four. And as you play as him, you kind of like get a semblance of what his like abilities and attacker, right? When you come in five, it's sort of like, it's kind of interesting because like he retains a lot of the moves he has and like, the last two games, we also had a lot of new tricks. Like he, um, he uses the doppelganger. He's he. Uh, I know he actually blocks against your attacks. Funny enough, like when you, I think when he's almost like last phase, he just starts blocking and parrying all the kind of like how Dante can do it. And he also does like the judgment cut, and you know his move from DMC4 SD. So yeah, he sort of like implements stuff from like his previous appearances until like his latest appearance but like sort of goes all out of them you know and including the reboot which i really like it i think that works i think that's how you do a boss it's like they take everything you've learned so far from the entire game and just go all out of it yeah i can mm. agree with that i think uh part of it also is like the meaning of the boss fight and like what you can interpret from it for example in dark souls 3 the final boss soul ascender I interpret it as it is the culmination of all of the people who try to link the flame. They try to keep the flame alive. And then after you knock down that first health bar, it like knocks those souls out. And then like Gwyn takes over. And then he's the one you're actually fighting. And like Gwyn is like the final boss of both the first game. And then the like, you know, third game. And it's like, it's like this kind of full circle type deal and then you can either choose to follow in the footsteps so maybe you'll become eventually you'll become another soul of cinder you know what i mean oh yeah, yeah. definitely um yeah. i really love those kind of fights actually like when they bring a boss from like one boss appears in the next game and they're like they're i say they're more of the same but they're like really different a lot of ways too like i know for example like um I know MGS4 did this where when you fought like the final boss, which is like with Ocelot, you kind of like, he, he sort of plays like how, um, it sort of like he plays in the tune of like the, old, the other Metal Gears, like MGS1, 2, and 3, and then it goes to like MGS4 and it just plays all the different things and themes and it's sort of like how Edgy Liquid and Ocelot are a character over the years, and it just accumulates into that one big moment, which I think hits home really hard. Yeah, if you have like yeah. an established franchise and you have a boss fight 
in particular with like a previously established character then having that fan service is actually really fucking good because it makes you remember everything that made the series so great in the first place oh yeah definitely yeah. it's kind of funny because uh now we're getting done with car concepts in both ways you know like yeah i also like boss fights uh final bosses that don't have music uh Ooh. which is strange but i really like the idea of it like if it's like a meaningful fight like for example Metal Gear solid 3 when you're fighting the boss there's no i mean it after like a certain amount of time it starts playing the main theme which is that that fucks the entire boss fight but like the, for the first like seven minutes it doesn't play any music and i love that like it just it's so emotionally impactful that there's no music that can really capture how these two people fighting are feeling kind of like uh if you watch anime because you're a weeb like me uh the yeah. naruto side like the final naruto sasuke fight for a good chunk of it, like the first part does not have any music. It's just them beating oh, yeah. the absolute shit out of each fighting. other. Yeah, they're just beating the absolute shit out of each other. But there's just no music. It's like you don't. There's no music that can capture how they're feeling in that moment. You know, two best friends having to pretty much nearly kill each other. They have to go all out. I feel like when you have no music, it kind of makes the whole scene more serious. You know, usually music yeah, makes you it's... put into like a certain. I agree, like, um, having the music actually adds a lot to that thing, um, to its atmosphere, because like you mentioned on Naruto vs. Asuka Zanjiva, when they didn't have, they were just communicating just with their fists alone, like, they, there was, like, no need for any music or just any dialogue. Just them fighting was a them communicating, which is actually, like, really well done. Like, I think that's another thing, I kind of like when... There's like really no dialogue till like the very end of the fight. Like they're just straight up serious, you know. I I enjoy that, but I feel like it is subjective because there can be like those moments of oh shit, well it's super serious. But when a certain theme kicks in and it's done or orchestrated really good, that can also add to the mood. It just depends on how things are done because there are like some really great final boss themes or like some great musical pieces that kicked in later in various serious fights. Oh yeah. Or or music hey. that yeah. like music that subverts the expectations like Gwen from Dark Souls 1. You are not expecting a piano piece from a final boss. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not expecting that. But it's so good. And then they bring that theme back in Dark Souls 3 when you're fighting the second half of Soul of Cinder, they bring that theme back and it's just like that is sick because it, it oh, brings yeah. out emotions. I, I think another good example is a uh, one winged angel for uh, Final Fantasy 7. That's just a great piece, dude. It's so fucking good. Oh, dude. Um, I think my bad for interrupting. I think one thing, another thing I like is when they take a established song and they rearrange it. So it's like you hear it for the first time and then it's like it's it's the same song it's like completely rearranged i just love that so like devil trigger basically yeah, you know? yeah uh, devil trigger I, and silver bullet yeah i like silver bullet but it's i think it's a kind of cheesy for, for the final boss but that's just me but 
I really enjoyed it. I, I loved it. I don't know yeah. why. It just it just it's weird, but it just fits like how the mood goes from okay, it's super serious, and then you have Nero fucking just talking shit to Virgil. I I just like it for some reason. He he like screams like fuck yeah. you. Yeah, then he just gets his so cool, dude. It's like a rip to um what is it, the DMC reboot. It's just done in a much cooler fashion. I also think like oh, if yeah. there is there is some sort of symbolism because it's like the Dante and Virgil, they hate each other and it's like super serious, right? But then Nero just comes in and he's like, fuck all this like brother battle bullshit. I'm going to stop this right here. And I feel like the music kind of fits in that. Like he's kind of oh. like a anomaly kind of. Oh yeah, definitely. And especially how he gets his arm back because he essentially stops Dante and Virgil's rivalry and makes him... Um, make peace with each other but also reconciles with his dad by like beating the shit out of him yeah all right folks so i I would love to continue but we're slowly running out of time so we got to do these outros uh i need to outro drill since he had to leave and he couldn't give his so if you want to find drillbit you can find him at drillbit777 on twitter and i think he mainly is on twitter so you can find him there uh as for everyone else zen give your outro please uh yeah you can find me at zero john 69 on uh twitter don't mind the 69 i was a fucking baby when i made that uh and it's zero john just zero john on youtube and i make uh a stupid gaming videos with me and my friends and then occasionally i uh make a review of a three-year-old game that gets over 600 views for no fucking reason also, my timeline on Twitter is a fever dream, so that's fun. Hey, people hmm. like the mobile games, man. I would say keep it up. Uh, Andre, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at um, Andre B Venom. Um, I also have a YouTube channel which I barely use. Um, I've been mostly playing through the entire like, Yakuza series and been enjoying it though. Yakuza series was grindy as hell, but yeah, that's my outro. Hex? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, uh, HexBex1. And uh, I also write some stories, but I also share gaming topics and, uh, well, also gameplay of games that I'm playing. So, yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at RentOperative underscore. You can find me on YouTube at RentAgateOperative. Uh, mostly just talk about random shit, rants, all types of stuff there. Uh, I just finished a review of Resident Evil 4. So if you want to check that out now, that is on my channel. And I've been streaming some COD. Uh, the campaign is actually really enjoyable. And I've also been streaming some Resident Evil 3. So if you want to check that out, you can see that right on my channel. So we are the Infinite Ammo Syndicate. We are going to sign out. Very interesting discussion today. Um, Pretty cool. So uh, I don't know when the next podcast is going to be, but it's probably somewhere in the planner. I will take a look. But whenever we get the time to talk about interesting stuff, we will let you people know. Until then, see you later and take care.